This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Uh, we will start out by going to the email box here tonight. Can Again, call in about whatever's on your mind. Uh, Denny emails in. He says, guys, I've been listening to your broadcast for about three months now via podcast. I applaud you and your co-hosts. First of all, your integrity is enlightening in today's day and age. But I have to admit, the clearer it becomes to me on how much liberty we've lost, the more depressed I'm becoming. Mm. I'm 34. I work out five to six days a week. I'm a single parent raising a 14-year-old girl, a part-time student at our local community college, and I'm a glasses-half-full guy, meaning he's positive, or at least tries to be. He says, having said that, as positive as I try to be, the fact that our government has robbed us since day one and continues to just gets me down. I keep hearing the scene from V for Vendetta, where the character V is speaking to the public and says, if you want to know who's responsible for your loss of liberty, you need only look into a mirror. After 9-11, I was all for attacking who was responsible for the attacks. I remember... I've pre- got to say that uh, I was, too. I would have attacked Canada if they would have said that that's where we needed to go. If if somebody would have said that the, uh, the, the terrorists from 9-11 were from Kansas, I would have said, let's roll the tanks in. We're blowing those people in Kansas up. I remember President Bush speaking of how America can protect itself better by giving up some of our freedoms, and I was all for it. Little did I know what freedoms you would have to give up. Now I feel like all is lost and the worst is yet to come. I voted for Ron Paul during the Illinois primary and understand that united we can push for change, but will it happen? I stand as a leader and not as a follower, but I feel like the rest of America is intent on just following the system, which is the root of my depression. Do you have any advice on how I can not let this situation get to me so much? I like the Free State Project idea, but I'm not able to commit for a while yet. Your suggestions would be appreciated. From Denny. Well, I I, I do feel this way, too. I I, I know Frustrated? How, yeah, you're frustrated. And, you know, that frustration can lead to depression. One thing you need to look at is... Uh, you can always take up drinking. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> That's not a good idea. No, don't take up drinking. <laughs> um, you know the when you look at the Heritage uh, Foundation's uh, list of economic uh, economically free countries, yeah. um, and you look at those things, you'll find the United States. I believe we've moved up to eighth. Um, that's what I heard. We were as far down as thirteen. Um, I believe it was two thousand and six. But um, we haven't been number one. I don't think in a lo- ever. At least not in the last several years. I don't know that we were number the the most economically free. But, but what was your point with that? You know, you start you look at it and you realize we do have a great deal of our freedoms, and you know the the simple fact is the government is going to fail. That that much you can be sure of. Yeah, you can count on that. Simply, every government's failed um, throughout history. Now, you know, I guess you can look at uh, the empire of uh, Great Britain, who in the early part of the century was was very imperialistic and, and now isn't. So they've sort of shrank. But things are definitely going to change. And all you can do is be a stand for liberty and try not to let it get to you. I guess this is my best piece of advice. Well, obviously, he's already aware of the Free State Project, which mm-hmm. uh, we tout as uh, the, the the best solution. And, and I asked on the air again last night, 
Please, if you've got a better idea than the Free State Project, the phone lines are always open here. We'd love to hear about it. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, we we adopted the Free State Project as um, our, our solution to the problem of uh, you know liberty in our lifetimes. We we just didn't have another one. We adopted it, and uh, you know we're looking for other solutions. The uh, Again, the Free State Project, in case you don't know, is a movement of 20,000 liberty-loving individuals from all around the country and around the world, in fact, all moving to the same place in order to be activists for liberty. Now, Denny says he's not yet ready to commit to the Free State Project, but that's okay. There are still some things that well, are tangential. It's not, it's not a statement of commitment. It's a statement of intent. Um, what do you mean? Well, you know, like I think that there's a, I think there's a, uh, a, a step that's slightly below commitment mm-hmm. with intent. You know, it's a good point. Uh, it, it, and so I, I think that it's my intention to move to New right, Hampshire. You know, the free state project. You, when you to commit to move to the Free State Project is it's, it's kind of different. You don't live in the world where 20,000 liberty loving individuals have committed mm. to move to the free state. You don't live there because it hasn't happened. Right. Only 8000 plus. Yeah. Eight, 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 something, something like that. Um, somewhere in there have committed. So you don't live in the world where 20,000. You don't know what that world's like. All you can say um, is, yeah, I think I, yes, I would move to the Free State, pro- uh, you know, to New Hampshire if 20,000 liberty-loving individuals chose to move there, that's and I do point. it within five years. And that's an intent, and I don't think it's quite, it's it's certainly, it's less than a, uh, you know, a whim. It's more yeah. than, a, it's, you know, it's more than a whim and less than a, uh, a commitment. I like that. I like how you're pointing that out, because, uh, you know, creating an intention for yourself to do something into the future Will it, at the very least, put you on the right track, maybe, to right. actually become committed at, at some point? And, and um, an intention is something that you can sort of change along the way. If necessary, If sure. necessary. Um, I mean, you know, and, and grow into and all those kind of things. So I, for, the, for the people that say, oh, 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 I can't commit to something that that's, that's that big, I'm not really asking you to commit to anything. I, you know, it, you don't live in the world where 20,000 liberty-loving individuals. You don't know what that's like. You, you don't know how you would feel in that world. So... Go and uh, go to the Free State Project at what, go to the Free State Project's website at freestateproject.org and sign the statement of intent. That's a great point. And I might suggest also visiting Porkfest or the Liberty Forum, which are the two uh, yearly events the Free State Project has created, to give you a taste of what it might be like. I mean, as you're saying, Mark, we don't know what it's like to have 20,000 liberty lovers in the same place or in the same state being active for liberty, but we do know what it's like to have a few hundred of them hanging out at the same campground. Uh, and that's going to be happening this summer. You can go to porkfest.com to get more about uh, more information about that. But basically the idea is uh, these activists, many of them are coming to New Hampshire, many of them already here in New Hampshire. They're coming to visit, uh, bringing their families up, touring around the state, uh, getting involved in some activities like uh, shooting events. And uh, I think they're going to have snorkeling and all kinds of different things going on. I mean, <laughs> Where are different... they going to snorkel in New Hampshire? There are lakes here, Lake, I guess. What is Pasaki? I don't what know. What are you going to look at? <laughs> Little brown fish uh, and some seaweed? Mark, try not to beat the event down here. We're trying to make it <laughs> no, sound interesting. I'm not, believe me, uh, Porkfest is uh, great. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed myself. And I intend to... Here's how much I enjoyed myself. I went for one day last year, and I intend to go for three days this year. It is a good time. So if anybody doesn't think that it's a good time, then you can you know take take it from me. I'm not the I'm not the party animal sort either. It's just a lot of nice people there. Yeah, How not... often do you go to an event like this and get to meet so many people that want to talk to you about you know some of the subjects that are important to you, like liberty? Right. You don't have to win them over. Uh, you don't have to convert them to liberty. They're already there. And so to be surrounded with like-minded people, people who might be feeling the same way as you are, Denny, and uh, those of you listening, it's uh, it's an amazing feeling. 
thing. It's an, it's an incredible experience. And the group of activists that we're talking about here is really the cream of the crop and the best of the best. So you'll get to meet a lot of the people that you hear call into this show. Of course, we're going to be there broadcasting live as well. And uh, so I recommend that as kind of getting a, a, a way to get your feet wet, get a taste of what this Free State Project thing is all about. Uh, but but aside from that, you know, he again asks, you know, what are what is some advice that we might have as to not let the situation get to him? That's so tough because it does seem to be getting worse. I mean, if you pay attention to the news, and maybe that's an maybe that's an idea, just turn yourself off from the news to where you won't be getting all this bad news uh, to to bring you down, because it. it there's just not much good stuff to report out there. We try. When, when we come across something good, we, we'll certainly bring it up. I wish there was more of it, though. Uh, so maybe just disconnecting a little bit from that and focusing more on, as he said, his, he works out. Uh, he's raising a 14-year-old girl. Maybe focus more on the things that are more important to you as you get your life in order and, and perhaps move towards your intention of actually getting active and and making a stand for liberty. Yeah, you know, it, it used to be that before I had a solution, is I, sometimes I would just unplug from the news completely, you know? And what good does it do you? What, to unplug? Listen, yeah, listening yeah. to the news. The news is, is worthless stuff. Right. Um, we're sort of a, a newsy current event show, and, you know, sometimes... I, I like... The, I, th- I think we're an issues show, Mark. Yeah, issues show. Well, and sometimes, you know, you need to step away from the show for a little while. Um, I know that it, that's, that's, it can be tough. And uh, I think that if you're doing the, the few things that we recommend, like sign up for the Free State Project, go to the down, you know, downsizedc.org, sign up for their uh, updates, you know, that pretty much that you're doing what it takes. And uh, you can step away for a little while, take a breather, and then come back. 1-800-259-9231. I've got a relevant quote from Martin Luther King that I think is uh, poignant here, and I'll share that here in moments and you can chime in as well if you've got suggestions for denny as to how not to get depressed in this well arguably depressing situation in this country this is free talk live it is your show you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231 sickle cai toll-free line it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free, so enjoy those, including the bulletin board system. Get interactive with us and our listeners. Uh, over 2,000 people there. Over 325,000 posts. Lots to talk about. Serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all. bbs.freetalklive.com. And it's free, of course. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use the code FTL to save 10 bucks. That's LegalZoom.com. So we uh, were, again, reading an email from a listener who was bummed out, as he describes it. He is uh, 34 years old. He's raising a 14-year-old girl. He's a very busy guy, but he considers himself a positive individual. And he, but he's finding it, despite his positive mindset, he's finding it difficult to stay positive when he's just getting barraged with all this negative news about the the rise of the police state and the loss of freedoms in America. And Mark, you suggested taking a break from the show, but I don't think we're that negative of a show. While we might bring a, a negative news story no, up... I don't think the show's negative, but some of the the, uh, uh, the subject matter, you know, dealing with cops and, you know, how they're not doing their thing and bureaucrats and, um, you know, how they're... You know, liars and cheats. And I'd all say there's stuff. a lot of positive stuff on this show because we usually give solutions for these problems, and we also we we talk about things that aren't related to issues. We talk about ways to make your life better. So we understand that uh, 
that the world is a awful place because of all these governments, but you still have a life to live, and it should still be f- full of as much happiness and, and uh, pleasantry as possible. And so in many cases, we will do uh, self-help segments on this show, which I find very useful. Um, so I don't recommend tuning out at all. But we'll be here if you come back, of course. Uh, so if you've got suggestions for Denny as to how he can stay away from depression and stay positive, even with the rise of uh, the police state and the loss of freedoms, we'd love to hear your suggestions. Obviously, the Free State Project is our number one suggestion. But staying positive in your own life and finding things to keep yourself busy with are, are other things as well. Don't spend all of your time harping on liberty when you can be, you know, again, uh, Working out, you can be doing things that uh, that make you happy, watching movies, whatever it is that you like to do. Just don't get lost in that either, because then you'll be completely useless to the movement. So there's a there's a delicate balancing act, uh, I think, that everyone should should be in, engaged in. Here. One thing you can be sure of is that uh, we're not going to get freedom next year, no matter nope, the Free true. State Project or Ron any Paul other gets solution. Elected, it's not going to help either. We're not. Um, so it's a long haul kind of situation. Yeah, it absolutely is. So hunker down and prepare. And I, let me share a quote before we go to the phones uh, from Martin Luther King. And I actually picked this up from the Liberty Dollar newsletter, which came out today from Bernard von Nuthaus. He slipped this in at the very end, and I thought it was quite appropriate. Uh, Martin Luther King, especially considering what we talked about last night, at uh, civil disobedience and non-participation and non-cooperation with the government, and uh, people that say, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not ready for that yet. And that's fine. Everybody's got their time. They've got their line in the sand. They've got what time is appropriate for them to get active and, and take that next step. And here's what Martin Luther King had to say. Quote, cowardice asks the question, is it safe? Expedi- expediency asks the, quest- uh, asks the question, is it political? Vanity asks the question, is it popular? But conscience asks the question, is it right? And there comes a time when one must take a position that is neither safe, nor political, nor popular, but one must take it simply because it is right. I like that. Let's yeah. go to the phones. Good. You bring up anything. We talked to Ziggy in the UK on the amp line. Hello, Ziggy. Hi, guys. Um, I, right. Today's, well, yes, today now here is, uh, was February the 29th. It is. It and, is leap year. Correct. Yeah, and, and so it occurred to me, why is it we don't celebrate it more? It only happens once every four years. It does certainly and, seem to be an excuse to uh, to party. It, I mean, certainly people will use whatever excuse they want to party. Well, 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 yes, and the fact that this is quite a dreary time of year in, in the Northern Hemisphere, and it seems a good excuse to have a party. So is that what you're doing? Um, nope. <laughs> um, but it did, it did seem to me that you have Easter and, and Christmas every year, and the 29th of February only happens every four years. And I'm surprised atheists actually haven't seized 20, the 29th of February for their own, because the reason we have February the 29th is because we know that the Earth revolves around the sun. Right. And, of course, you know, once upon a time, religious types said that was heresy to say that. It's a good point. And, you know, it, it, it is proof to say that science managed to prove otherwise. So um, what would you want to celebrate? Uh, science on the 29th? Is, what well, would the point yeah, of the party be? I, I, think, I think so. But, you know, scientific prog- uh, um, you know, progress. Yeah? Hey, uh, I'm all for it, man. I'm all, I like science. I'm definitely in favor of science. It makes our world a hell of a lot better and easier to understand. So, yeah. by all means, and it, you only have to celebrate it once every four years, which, which means it's extra special, right? It's four times as special. 
Yeah, exactly. That's 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 kind of what I was thinking. And there was one other uh, one other thing I was going to suggest. Have you thought about having an affiliate program for your store? Oh, like where you would send in referrals and get a percentage? Yeah. It's a neat idea. I don't know if we have enough uh, profit margins. I mean, we're we're not making a whole lot of money at the store at the very moment, so I don't know if our store manager is willing to really cut up what we're making because basically the store is split between he and I. Uh, yeah. the, whatever profits do come in, and I haven't seen a dime of it yet. So You hear you hear that uh, the old Markster gets cut out of this deal, right? Yeah, you're, you got nothing, I'm afraid, my friend, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Contact Johnson, uh, the store manager, and see what he says to that. I, I don't know if we have the infrastructure, or, but that's certainly something maybe for down the line, maybe after uh, we get yeah, so many orders we can't handle them anymore. I just thought it might be something um, you, you should think of. And one final thing, I was just watching an old Batman episode, mm. and I hate the 60s TV series of Batman because that's not Batman for me, but I didn't realize how statist it was. What do you mean? Well, there was a bit where he pulls into um, uh, a car, a, car a, a parking space, and uh, Robin goes, "Oh, we don't have to pay for the, the meter. You know, no one's gonna, no one's gonna ticket um, Batman." <laughs> and Batman goes, "We must pay. Our money goes for a bet to, 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 to the city and to provide better services for us all." Oh gosh, what a bunch of nonsense and rubbish! Thanks for the <laughs> yeah. call, Ziggy. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Speaking of uh, traffic tickets and parking meters, uh, I've had an issue recently. Uh, we got a, we got ticketed for parking at a parking meter and, and not paying the meter. And I've since written something to the uh, the ticket bureaucracy here. And the, the claim that this money goes to some grand cause is just nonsense. Right. It's because no grander cause than your taxes do, and that grand cause is, is basically, you know, letting the politicians waste your money again and again. But, but even if it was going to, like, the general fund, then you can at least make the, you could make the claim that it was going to, you know, help feed some poor people somewhere. But it doesn't. Uh, as I understand it, I could be wrong, I haven't done real deep digging on this, but as I understand it, the at least around here, the ticket bureau, the parking enforcement bureau, mm-hmm. doesn't even cover its own costs with the amount of money that they uh, that they take from everybody parking downtown Keene. So there's no point in these uh, these these shiftless bureaucrats. They're lives. in the red. Yeah, they can't even cover the amount that it costs to pay the bureaucrats and uh, repair the vans and buy their equipment. They don't even break into the black. So. It's not doing anything. It's just another wasted bureaucracy. Well, it's preventing people from parking in those parking spaces. 1-800-259-9231. I, I parked there. Anyway, I'll read my letter to the uh, Ticket Bureau here in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. It's 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system, Shrine of Female Listeners archives. We give it all to you for free. Unlike those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their website. Enjoy ours free. 
freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That is SACL CAI. I'll get to the story about the uh, the parking ticket here in a moment, but let's go to the phones first. Nanette is on the line waiting patiently in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Nanette. Hi there. Hey. Um, I, I spoke to you guys yesterday yes. um, about the Ron Paul house and the, the whole mortgage thing. Right. And, uh, you know, I have to mention to the guy who was saying, how do you keep from being depressed? <laughs> I, I think the solution is you have to do something about it. Because like what? until until you get into action, you have nothing to do but sit there and stew over all the horrible things that are happening. And I, I'm very active down here. I'm a meetup organizer. I've, you know, done the house painting thing. We do. Uh, I was out block walking today, and that's the only thing that keeps me sane. That's you a just great point. have to keep. You have to do something. I, I, I hesitated to suggest that he that he get active because uh, having been involved in the Libertarian Party, for instance, it has been more of a depressing uh, – I think it, being involved with them has been very depressing in a, in a way because they don't seem to get anything done. But I would say if there's a Ron Paul meetup group nearby you, that might be a great idea to uh, to get together with some people that are really taking life by the reins, or at least this election by the reins, and, and doing something about it. And I think that's an excellent suggestion. The, get active The because, Ron Paul meetups are an excellent place, and I'll tell you – what he will find if he does that is that he's found himself a new community and a new home and a new group of people where he doesn't have to feel so afraid. Um, because I can tell you, uh, you know, when uh, you mentioned earlier Liberty Dollar getting raided, mm-hmm. and when they got raided, we were concerned about our RCO here. And I called a few meet-up people, and they all said, we'll do whatever we have to do. We'll go to the guy's house and camp out for the next three months if that's what we have to do. You just tell us what we need, Nanette. And now that this scenario has happened with my home, my mortgage company wanting to repossess my home because I painted Ron Paul on it, mm-hmm. um, I, I've seen people from the revolution offering their help in this thing. So what happens is when you get with these Ron Paul meetup groups, you find out that you have a, a community there, a group right, you're, of friends. You're no longer alone, or at least you don't feel alone anymore. Exactly. That's so exactly. important. Exactly, and it makes the world a less scary place. That's excellent. And you know what? Also, uh, we've been talking recently about, uh, you know, I've been encouraging people to do civil disobedience, but we also talked last night that, you know, not everybody's ready to put it all on the line. Not everybody's ready to fly out from underneath the radar. And joining the, you know, joining a Ron Paul meetup group or getting involved in some other liberty form of, uh, of activism in your area is one way that you can get involved and do something and, and feel good without having to necessarily risk your house, though you didn't think you were risking yeah, your house okay. and you ended up risking your house. <laughs> Well, I kind of knew that this would be a controversial thing. We know the establishment doesn't want anybody, you know, opening their mouth or expressing themselves. Sure, but but who would have thought that they would utilizing their rights? Who would have thought they'd come after your mortgage for that? So sometimes you don't know that you're risking it all. But generally, these things can be pretty safe. Going on the uh, side of the road, holding a sign, for instance. Yeah, the Ron Paul meetups. Absolutely, it's very anonymous. 
Um, you know, you can give people your, your meetup name, whatever meetup name you, you have, and that's perfectly fine. You can stay as anonymous as you want, and you'll meet a group of friends that are good, upstanding American citizens that you'll want to be with, and I'll tell you what, it's a lot, a lot of fun. I have never once gone to a Ron Paul event and not come away happy, hmm. and I, I have gone to a few where I was under stress, I was under pressure, I was not happy, I was having a bad day, a bad week, whatever. I didn't want to go, uh, but maybe I had committed to or somebody talked me into it at the last minute. And every time that has happened, I've been like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I went. Glad Boy, went. was sure. that great. What a fabulous time. What a great group of people. Man, I'm glad I didn't miss out on that. Yeah. And then so, about your house, you I'm sorry, about your house, I wanted to, I was, I was thinking about it today, and, um, sure. w- you know, one way to put pressure on organizations, be it the uh, Homeowners Association, I don't know if they'd be as, as uh, I don't know if they'd be as good as this, at this as the bank, but one way to go, um, put pressure on banks is to have people call, um, especially if you can get news organizations, if you can get a news story, local yeah. news story about your house and that kind of thing. The bank, right. uh, you know, I mean, it could be turned into a real sob piece. If you can talk to a reporter and not only can they say, look at this, what this woman's done with her house, and, and here's this evil bank, company. And the bank is coming after them. Yeah. Nobody likes banks. Oh, and not only that, I, I was a Rita evacuee, and I had to buy mm. this house with my own money, not FEMA money, and I didn't get the year or two of assistance. Good for you. I've had to pay this all myself and do my own remodel and rebuild my company. And then they want to take my house away because they don't like how it's painted. <laughs> well, so, I mean, you know. It's hard for them to look like good guys doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I like what you're saying here, Mark. Bring as much attention to this issue as you possibly can, especially right. with local news. And if you can't get the local TV station or, or radio station involved, be your own news coverage. Call in and say, right. you know, you, you've got a blog and that you want to cover this story for the blog. I mean, it might not be as persuasive to the company, but again, if, more, if enough people call in and they feel like they're getting Man, unwanted get, attention... If they get 20 people to call, they're going to change their tune right quick. There's probably 20 people well, to go I'll to the Ron Paul I've been on this phone since this ordeal happened, Um, so at least my uh, phone company is going to love me this month. But I did talk to um, John Statmiller today over at Republic Broadcasting. He said, fax me that paper. i got to see this. I'm going to call this guy. Who does he think he is? And I said, great. I'll be happy to do that. Fax it right over to him. I did call all three of my local stations here in town, um, their news news organization Mm -hmm. and uh you know i I hit them with the angle of i'm a rita evacuee and i've you know rebuilt my life over here at least i'm trying to and here's what happened and how was it received um, uh you know they with moderate interest i mean it's not like they said we're grabbing a camera in right now and on our way over it seems um, to me like but, it'd be a great story from a visual standpoint because yeah. they can get all kinds of b-roll of the uh, the actual mural on the side of your house i you know maybe they just haven't seen it yet maybe you need to get a reporter's email address and email them the youtube uh video so they can actually see how visual this is cuz that's i think it's pretty powerful and even if you did your own youtube report uh, you know it, it does get out there a lot of people see that stuff. Great point. Nanette, good luck. Thanks for the call and thanks for the suggestions for Denny, and I, I'm sure he appreciates it. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. 
Paula? Hi, hon. I'm here. Hey. Uh, there was something I wanted to say. What they're trying to do to her is really wrong. It is. But anyway, uh, Ron Paul, um, his roommate, my cousin Jim Giffs, he's the one that's getting the RFID stopped. He's got 33 states now that's got it stopped. Going to stop anyway, RFID? What does that mean, Paula? That little chip, you know, they want to give everybody? Yeah. Okay. okay, well, he's got 33 states already got it stopped, made illegal. But anyway, he means needs Meaning more. chipping people would be illegal? Yeah. Okay, because I was going to say, oh, they're not going to make RFID illegal. Anything, anything. But anyway, uh, the thing is, uh, he does need some cash. I mean, he's traveling all over the country, you know, getting this. He's been working with our reps here, too. And uh, But anyway, um, you know, I thought I'd call in and let people know, you know, that he does need, you know, some more cash. And, Who is this? Uh, Your husband? Jim, yes, he's running with Ron Paul. Who? Jim Guess. He's, he's going to be Ron Paul's running mate. Really? Yeah. Well, we'll see if your prediction's right on that one, Paula. Did okay, you talk to Nostradamus about that? Missouri. Okay, state representative from Missouri. Nostradamus, Paula? No. Yes? No? Three, Jim. seven, two, six? Thanks for the call. 800 <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. You could take control of the airwaves. Terrible to that. Nice wonder, old lady. I wonder if she's going to spend any time figuring out what those numbers mean tonight. You can bring up anything. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you're enjoying the show, you like Free Talk Live, want to support us, then go shopping at store.freetalklive.com. We've got Free Talk Live branded merchandise. Everything from T-shirts to hats to hoodies and even things that don't have our logo on them, like the Free Marketeer design. You'll find that available in a flag format as well as a T-shirt. All of that and more at store.freetalklive.com. You'll learn also how you can get yourself a free Free Talk Live bumper sticker for nothing more than the cost of a self-addressed stamped envelope. I felt bad. Somebody sent me an envelope this week, Mark, but it didn't have a self-addressed stamped envelope in it. It's just empty. I thought maybe he forgot to put the envelope in, or maybe he thought self-stamped envelope meant send just an envelope. I don't know. It means you put a pre-addressed stamped envelope inside right. an envelope and send it to it's me. It's one thing for us to give you a free bumper sticker. It's another thing entirely for us to go and spend. write out another um, um, envelope and, and uh, spend put, the put a stamp on it, right. on it for you, too. Right. So you've got to make it easy for me. That way I can just fold the bumper sticker, put it in there, and drop it in the mailbox. All right, so the details are all there at store.freetalklive.com, 1-800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls. It's Jeff in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Jeff. Jeff, going once. Jeff in Indianapolis. Hello? We'll try putting him back on hold. Maybe we'll try him back. Uh, All right, so I said that uh, I had written a letter to the local police department, the Bureau of Parking, who, as I mentioned earlier, they collect a lot of money from the parking meters around town here in our lovely Keene, New Hampshire. But it's actually not enough money to pay for the bureaucracy. So the whole bureaucracy is a wash. Yeah, they're pointless. Not even a wash. Well, it's, it's in the... What's the, What would the correct word In the be? red. Yeah, it's in the red. So it's useless. Uh, beyond yeah, useless. If it was a wash, then they'd be breaking even. Good point. And so what I've done here is I've taken a concept that actually uh, a gentleman called in earlier this week about it. Rich in New Hampshire called in. He, he said he tried this over on the east coast of New Hampshire. 
and I'm going to give it. A, I'm giving it a try here now. And I mentioned and this is again in response to uh, an email we got yesterday, suggesting that I'm always telling people to go out there and break all kinds of laws and be civilly disobedient all across the board. And I've never once said that. That's not what he I've, said. He he emailed me today, suggesting that uh, that I was demanding. He said I demanded that people uh, go all across the board civil disobedience, and I've never suggested that. You should pick your battles. You should do what's right for you. Find the ones that. Uh, the issues that you find most important and focus there. Anyway, so we were talking yesterday about how I've disobeyed several federal, uh, you know, a handful of federal laws, certainly uh, income tax, social security, marijuana. Uh, then there's the local ones. And this is really my first local one that I'm uh, breaking out of the box here on. Feeling a little bit more confident, I guess. Wanted to give this a try and see how it works out. The idea, the concept here, is that I never agreed to follow these laws in the first place. My name is not on the dotted line. I did not sign an agreement with any government agency to obey their laws. Actually, they tried to get me. They tried to get me to sign that agreement. When I registered to vote, there was a paragraph in there that said that I will obey all the laws. Yeah, that I'll obey all of the laws. Well, I crossed that paragraph right out and put initials by it and then signed, uh, signed the voter application. And sure enough, they noticed because they sent an investigator out to my house to ask me questions about it. Now that I know better, I won't be opening the doors for any more uh, coppers. But I did talk to this one guy, and he asked me why I did that. Why did I cross out the paragraph that said I would obey all of New Hampshire's laws? And I answered very succinctly that, well, it seems to me ludicrous. The idea that I could possibly even know what those laws are. Did you ask are. him how many laws there were in New Hampshire? I didn't get smarmy that, that, with them. That would no. be really great because you know the, the, these these people that expect you to to uh, obey all the laws don't even know how many there are. <laughs> not only can they you know not, of course they can't uh, tell you all the laws. Right. There's so many out there you couldn't possibly know them. He didn't really have anything to say back to me after I pointed that out to him, and you know the conversation ended up uh, ending. Anyway, so that's the concept here, and so they gave uh, me a parking ticket earlier this week, and so I wrote to the Bureau, and I actually hand-delivered this. I'll tell you about that in a moment, but the the letter says, I'm going to post this in its entirety at freekeen.com a little bit later, probably this weekend, so you can see it there. It says, I'm writing an acknowledgement of the receipt of a City of Keene parking ticket number, blah, 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 and then my car and uh, tag number and the date it was uh, issued, demanding the amount of $5. It's not my intention now, nor has it ever been my intention to defraud anyone. If, in fact, I owe such an amount to your agency, I will pay it. To prove that I am, in fact, bound to such an obligation, please provide the following. Evidence of the valid original contract with my signature binding me to said obligation. Unless I receive evidence as noted above within ten business days of the receipt of this response, I shall assume that there is no contractual authority for your agency to demand such a fine, and that I am not obligated to pay any fine with no legal repercussions for any perceived failure to do so. For your convenience, and as a show of good faith, I am including a prepaid return envelope so as to make your response as simple as possible. Just wanted to make it easy for him. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> See, this is... One I'm, more line. Please okay, note ahead. that any correspondence is subject to being posted on the blog at freekeen.com. Sincerely, my name and address. God bless you, and I hope all the best for you, pal. And I want to know what happens. Oh, I really too. do. I don't know what's going to happen. And I understand happen. you're just experimenting. Yeah. But if I was the bureaucrat who got this, it'd be, I, I, you know, I'd write across your letter, because we're the government and you're not. <laughs> We've got the guns and you don't. Now pay up, Sonny. Yeah. Put it back in your little envelope. Send it off to you. 
Well, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they responded by towing my car and confiscating it. Well, they're not going to tow your car over one ticket, not here in Keene. Well, I'd have to get another few tickets, I guess, for that to happen. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, they're going to charge me more and more as time goes I on. I don't think presumably. so. Now, actually, usually with a ticket, what you get is a delinquent, um, you know, you get one delinquent fee with a uh, parking ticket. With a parking ticket, that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. And so you, you'll probably go from five dollars to, to forty-five dollars. Is it? It goes it up that high. Jumps up to forty-five. It goes like twenty-five and then forty-five. Okay, great. And then you'll never get anything else, um, anything raised after that. You can go for years, and it'll only be forty-five dollars. But what if you get a bunch of tickets? You uh, get if, twenty. Well, tickets. Th- then you'll get towed, <laughs> you'll, or you'll get a uh, boot. You get the boot. Well, we'll see what happens. And of course, I'll give you the updates as uh, as they come in. And that's one of the reasons why I chose this issue to experiment with this consent you said, objection. It's certainly, an uh, you know, a light sentence. So, uh, so you cannot claim I am not engaging in civil disobedience. Uh, I would like to do more, but I'm not financially able to do more. One of these days, I'd like to do a little marijuana civil disobedience. Coming up here in the next month or so, there's going to be an opportunity to do some gambling uh, disobedience, and I believe I might be able to participate at that point. But I've got to make sure I've got everything in order. Because I don't want, you know, to have to go away to a jail cell and then leave Julia having to pay bills that she might not necessarily be able to pay. So you've got to make sure you've got every, your ducks in, mm-hmm. in a row before you engage in things like this. But once you do have all that set, then make the stand. Because somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah. All right, we continue with your phone calls. Let's try Jeff one more time. In Indianapolis, Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Oh, yeah, I have a couple que- or a question about uh, what you guys were talking about yesterday with Ed and Elaine Brown's takedown and arrest. Yes, sir. Uh, you were talking about, or you were saying how what happened to them was or was really horrific, and I had a question about that. Uh, why should I feel so bad for them? Because they knew, and we know, the danger of not paying the taxes the IRS demands. So you don't feel bad when people get victimized by violent thugs? I would agree that what happened, like the way they were taken down... With the violence and the uh, you know the the fake friend or whatever that came out, that was really you know typical of what the you would expect to see from the government. And I feel bad that they're you know in in prison, but I don't feel it was horrific. And you know, well, it's probably they, not. They, it's they not they horrific. Jeff, it's not horrific because it happens every day. Now, do you think that paying income tax is a form of slavery and therefore wrong? I'm on the fence on that. Okay. Um, well, th- that, that's the that's You're the, the area. Yeah, that that's the area that we have to get clear. Now, um, first off, Thirteenth Amendment says that the government can't uh, that no one can uh, be a slave or uh, you know can't be forced into in involuntary servitude, right? Right. Okay. So if I have to fill out their paperwork every single year, am uh, am, am I in involuntary servitude? Assuming I don't want to do it. You could say that, yes. Okay, great. So now we're clear that it's slavery. That's slavery, yeah. <laughs> now, I've, I've made my point. Now, it's not it's not really big slavery. I'll give you that. But then when you add in the fact that they take 50 cents on every dollar, that's just the feds, by the way, um, 50 cents on every dollar that I earn, then you're starting to get really get into the area of serfdom. But, you know, we can we can leave that alone and just make, um, make the point that it's involuntary servitude. Now, we see it every day. If you were seeing, uh, I don't know, some other kind of horrific activity happening every day, it's not horrific anymore. I mean, in the Middle East, when, they get, when somebody gets their um, head chopped off, it's a great thing. It's not horrific to them. I have to disagree with that. I think it's horrific every single time. Just because you've become desensitized to it doesn't make it any less horrific. And I think it's horrible, uh, not necessarily that... You know that they were. Uh, that I think it's awful that deception was used to bring these people down. But I think the most horrible part is that they've been taken away from their lives as free people 
uh, able to, to run their lives in how the, the way that they want. They've been just plucked right out of that and placed in, in a jail cell. That's what's horrible, but I want you to have the chance to respond here. So hang on. We're going to bring you back in hour number two, if you don't mind. 800-259-9231, because I like challenging calls. This Jeff's is, doing good. He's, uh, he's, he's handling himself. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, it's your show. Bring up whatever you want. If you launch an hour number two, you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, that's 800-259-9231. And, of course, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. All right, we're going right back into the phone calls here. Jeff is on the line in Indianapolis. He called in. Uh, we got to his call right before the end of the, the first hour. I wanted to make sure we had a chance to really hash this issue out because it sounds challenging. It sounds Sounds interesting. And so, Jeff, you're back with us. Hello. All right. Why don't you just recap uh, the reason you were calling for all of our new listeners who are just tuning in at the top of the hour here? Well, yesterday you were talking about Ed and Elaine Brown's uh, arrest and takedown at their home in New Hampshire. And uh, you had been talking about how horrific it was. And as you were speaking about that, I was reflecting on my own feelings. Uh, and I really didn't feel horrified. And I, I mean, it, it just seemed to be inevitable and expected. How, is that how you feel? Is uh, what, what are your feelings when you hear about someone who has never harmed another person being locked away in a jail cell for several years? Well, uh, I'm still not 100 I'm still not willing to commit 100% to the taxation of slavery argument. Though I I, mean, I think I understand the basic principle and I think it's a compelling argument. However, um, these people were past the midpoint in their lives. And the Browns had been complicit with the government's demands for like for for many years, uh, and they had re- received the admittedly inefficient services of the governments for many years as well before they stopped before they stopped paying their taxes. I don't really so, see how that's even a relevant point, sir. Just because people had put up with being victimized for a number of years and then all of a sudden decided to stop, that somehow means that they should be obligated to continue to be victimized on into their future. Well, I would say that a decades-long pattern of payment and receipt of services, uh, you know, it comprises a very basic contract between the two parties. No, sir. I don't think you understand what a contract is. A contract... I can see how the government sees um, that as as in a contract and agreement. I can see how somebody who who, uh, sort of agrees with the government's, uh, uh, you know, purpose and uh, legitimacy, I can see how they would call that a contract. But many of us, myself included, pay our taxes simply out of fear. Do you understand? Well, like the government okay, so rules with an iron fist, and they'll put me in jail if I don't pay. They'll separate me from my wife and my child if I don't pay them, if I don't give them money. I don't want their freaking stuff, Jeff. I don't well, want I anything under- they do. Go ahead. I can understand that. Uh, but if you and I each run a business, and we, have, we do business back and forth with each other for many years, and uh, you know, we get to a point where... You know, I basically, you know, know that I'm shipping you something out on the 30th, and I expect to be paid on the 5th. Then, you know, then that's to be expected. Sure. And if you stop paying me, I'm going to at one point in time say, okay, well, give me my money. And my point is, you know, that they just stopped paying. They didn't say, 
okay, we want out of this. They just said, we're not going to pay anymore. Well, there's, there's and really, I think that it, likely he did. What if you sent them a letter, you know? I mean, there's plenty of people out there that have done this that the he IRS that. has thrown in jail. So He sent letters. Actually, he did send letters to the IRS, and I figured he was the sort of guy that, that did that. So he sent them a letter. So your argument, that, that particular argument is tossed in the waste paper basket. Well, and it's also not fair to bring up a business-to-business example, because right. in business, uh, you know, when you're doing business with someone, you've got a very explicit agreement that says, okay, I'm going to pay you this for this, uh, but if you deliver it by this particular date. Recently, I've been trying to sell my house in Florida. I hired a yard guy. The deal with the yard guy was, you know, I'll pay you by the 10th of every month. Your responsibility is to go and clean up the yard twice a month. And we had a very ex- uh, explicit, understandable right. Whereas the deal. government said, this is our turf, and you pay us or you go to jail. Every time, that's how it works. We run this block, and you pay us. We protect you. Now, eh? let, me, let me jump back, though, because you and never really answered my question, Jeff, and then we can go, go on with whatever point you want to make. But you never answered right. my question about how you feel when you hear about somebody, whether it be Ed and Elaine Brown or somebody getting arrested for uh, having a joint in their pocket, whenever you hear about someone being put into a jail cell who has never harmed another person, how does that make you feel? It depends on the situation. In the case of the somebody who's got their the joint in their pocket, personally, I've never smoked marijuana, but I know I look at that as you know a really a truly victimless crime. You know they are engaging in an activity they want to engage in, so that does make me. It's like well, this seems really ridiculous and over the top. Uh, I'm just not, on the end of the Lane Brown thing. I'm just sort of on the fence on the, the on the whole taxes thing. But wait a minute. Are you suggesting that there is a victim to who, uh, to what Ed and Elaine Brown did? Because my question wasn't about the crime itself. My question was, someone has not harmed another person. They are put in a jail cell. Whatever the issue is, how do you feel about that? You're saying you feel bad if it's someone who had a joint in their pocket, but you don't feel bad if it's taxes? Income taxes, specifically. Jeff? That's a good point. Um, to reply to that, I guess... Uh, you could say that there is... Uh, I, I don't know if you could really say that there is a victim in the case of taxes, ex- except that uh, they are receiving services, that even though they don't want them, uh, that everybody else is contri- has to contribute to. And so you could say that everybody becomes a victim of that. Right. That's well, ludicrous. It's, and it's collectivist. The, the government does victimize everyone. I'll give you that. Um, but you know, the, it's I understand. You know, it's difficult because basically to say that um, I I have the same conundrum. Um, the government needs taxes to operate. To not have taxes means no government. I don't believe that the world can quite make it without a government at all. My my co-host differs with me on that particular um, issue, but I would tend to agree with you more than him. Sure, and but I I would say that there are certainly taxes out there that are far more um, legitimate and less onerous than the income tax. You know, now sales tax, for instance, you don't have to pay sales tax unless you buy things. So therefore, it's not put upon you in that um, respect, whereas the, a person doing business does have to collect that sales tax, otherwise they're in big trouble. If you know, Gas taxes are the same sort of situation. Um, it, tariffs work in the same manner that if you want to import things in, to sell, you have to pay those tariffs. But they affect fewer people, and somehow the government managed to make it without income tax for the first hundred and something years of its uh, um, you know, existence. And Ron Paul says, and I believe him, that if we were to get rid of the income tax now, the government would shrink to the size it was in the mid-90s. And I would say the government was large and onerous in the mid-90s. 
wouldn't and you? I would agree. And we're talking 1990s, just so you know. Right. <laughs> All right, so Jeff, back to your idea that uh, you know somehow it might be victimizing everyone by not paying uh, income taxes, which is a very collectivist uh, concept. Uh, let's put this well, into perspective. I did go to government school. Sure, me too. Let's put this into perspective, okay? Let's say that uh, I'm a somebody who is uh, painting driveways, and I go down the street and I paint everybody's driveway. Nobody asked me to do it. I just decided that everyone needs to have a good driveway painting. And so I'm going to go down the street and paint everybody's driveway and demand that they pay me for it. Now, do you owe me money for that service that I rendered to you? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I threatened every single person as I went down the street who didn't want to pay me, and I said, look, you don't pay, or I'm, if you don't pay me, I'm going to kill your children, or I'm going to shoot you, or something like that. I, I made some threat, vague or whatever, and they paid up. All of your neighbors, all nine of the people that are on your street decided to pay up because, well, I offered them a service. I, I provided a service, and they paid me, and all of your neighbors paid, so shouldn't you pay me too? don't really know how to respond to Who's that. Who's the victim in that case? Bit. Who's the victim? Is it your neighbors? Is it you? Is it the person who uh, who painted your driveway? Well, you've been the victim of aggression, obviously, because he you know, yeah. threatened you. Right. So do you see the parallels between that little situation and how, you you know, the tax situation? Well, and, and you can extend it out and say that you've come and threatened everyone every year for 20 years. Yeah. And, and uh, they've been paying. And, and they've been paying. Right. And so, therefore, some of the people probably want their driveways painted. I've gone around. I've seen painted driveways before. But it's rare. Um, and, and it wouldn't really matter whether it's rare or not. You know, some people want it and some people just do it because of the threat. Jeff, your final thoughts? Uh, I guess, you know, uh, I, I sort of agree, but yet at the same time, I feel like the it was inevitable and we knew it was coming, and I just, I'm having a hard time mustering up the, uh, you know, the horrified emotions. And the, I, I know what and, you mean. There's, the, there's plenty of stories out there with, uh, uh, about, you know, liberty in certain areas that, yeah, you know, they just don't quite do it for me in the same ways. I'm I'm sorry you feel so dead inside, Jeff. And I hope that someday you'll find uh, you'll find the compassion that you're looking for. Thank you for the call tonight, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Because for me, even though the issue might not affect me, that somebody getting arrested for something I would never do, I do feel inside what they. I try to feel. I try to empathize. Uh, to, to feel what they're feeling, and they feel outraged and saddened and depressed and sickened. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Whatever's on your mind, toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free. Enjoy those, including the wiki. Over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. Get interactive at wiki.freetalklive.com. Wiki.freetalklive.com. Don't beg, don't fight, don't depend on democracy. The only way to get your liberty is to build it for yourself. Read Freedom Engineering, an anarcho-capitalist adventure series at freedom-engineering.com. That's freedom-engineering.com. 800-259-9231. Just got off the phone with uh, Jeff in Indianapolis, who... And I understand that he's not totally dead inside. I was just poking a little fun there at the end of the call. Uh, but but uh, I think that it's important to try to view things when someone is in trouble with the government for whatever it is that they've done, to try to view things from their perspective, 
Try to put yourself in their shoes and feel how they would feel. Even if you would never have engaged in the thing that they had done, try to imagine what it would have been like had you engaged in it. I mean, if as long as we're talking about someone who hasn't harmed another person. Now, if we're talking about somebody who's murdered or raped or, uh, you know, set buildings on fire, done something that's actually damaging to another person or their property, well, then that's another story. I'm talking about nonviolent people. Nonviolent people like this man. Just a quick story before we go back to the phones to give you an example of something that many people will never, ever do in their entire lives. From La Jolla, California, a La Jolla high school student is in hot water for opening a deli on campus. Matt Wong, 17, loves making sandwiches, so he took his pastime from his kitchen to his school's quad. On his first day, he had 14 orders before lunchtime. However, his operation left a sour taste in his principal's mouth. Wong was ordered to shut down his deli because of health concerns and permit issues. Said Wong? Yeah, well, you know, that the, uh, the health concerns were a result of the permit issues, not the other way around. Wong said, you weren't you weren't properly permitted, so therefore your orga- your your little establishment can't possibly be healthy. Right. Wong said he was quite serious about making sure no one got a sandwich, but I managed to get them all out. Ha <laughs> ha! While the principal suspended Wong for two days for not following orders, students said they enjoyed the gourmet sandwiches. So many of us who are listening to this show are never going to open our own sandwich operation. Now this guy happened to do it in his uh, in his school. But many of us uh, might want, I mean, some people might want to open up their own uh, food prep op- uh, operation from their home. It's certainly a convenient location. You've already got your kitchen. Uh, you don't have to go and rent a storefront. You'll save a lot of money by doing it that way. And you'll also be breaking the law. Now, most of us aren't going to go and do that, but I can envision what it would be like should I have wanted to do that. Because I believe people should be free to live their lives how they want as long as they aren't harming anyone else. And if you. If you view things from that uh, from that viewpoint, then it's easy to see why these things that the government is doing to people are, are so wrong. I don't care if this guy didn't have a permit. Certainly everybody that ordered a sandwich from him knew he didn't have a permit, but they trusted this 17-year-old kid to put, you know, bread and meat and lettuce and tomato together on a sand, you know, creating People were buying it. Creating a sandwich. They voluntarily chose to buy something from him consensual crime anybody anybody i mean just people should be outraged about this story they shouldn't feel dead inside they shouldn't say to themselves things like jeff said and that as well he knew what would have happened. hey you gotta have a permit everybody knows you gotta have a permit if you want to do business you have to have a license right unfortunately um jeff's argument doesn't really hold water if you know it's in the sense that if we know that it's going to happen, that doesn't make it right. Now, I understand why he's not horrified. It's, you know, it doesn't even make it acceptable. It, no, it's it, it, right. And that's, that's what, where I think he is. He's somewhere between, well, you know, yeah, maybe intellectually I don't consider this acceptable, but I'm just not horrified. Fine. It's a place to start. That's okay. But, you know, um, if, if it happens every single day, that doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it okay. If they were dragging off the blacks and executing them every single day, pretty soon you'd become somewhat desensitized to it. It's always been that way. Yeah, we've been doing it for a hundred years. What's hey, the big deal? What's with those uppity blacks trying to get away from the plantations? Well, this is what we do with blacks. And how about those Jews trying to escape those concentration you know camps? A better, a better example, um, rather than blacks or Jews, is what if we had a rule where we executed people at age, uh, what, 35, like Soylent Green? 
Well, you know, we got to keep the health care costs down, Mark. Now, that, now there's an, uh, a, a better example, because we do it to everyone. Everyone's going to reach 35. Right. We drag them off. We execute them. We feed them to well, the Except uh, the to Supreme the Leader. He gets in a, a pass. I, I, don't, I never saw the movie. I never saw the movie either. I'm just saying, if there's a Supreme Leader, yeah. he should You can believe George pass. Bush isn't getting executed right. at 35. So your point about that, Mark? Well, I'm just saying that it's it, that. That would be okay then, right? It, well, no, it wouldn't. It's it wouldn't be okay, and that's it's really the issue, right? You should be upset about these things. You should be. You should feel. Uh, try to empathize, even if you can. Try your best, okay? Try to imagine what it'll be like when the government finally comes after the thing you like to do, right? And the maybe other th- Jeff's just been lucky. The other thing with taxes is uh, one of the good reasons to stand up for them, against them, even if you don't consider them horrifying, is every year I don't know how many thousands of people get um, audited. And that auditing process is awful. It's arduous. The government comes in, demands that you um, show them proof that you are, in fact, innocent rather than proving that you are guilty. Um, you know, and, and that whole process there is disgusting. Mm. So the Browns are standing up to that at the same time. And how about the fact that taxes haven't exactly stayed at the same levels overall the time? I mean, year after year, they tend to go in one direction, and that's They've up. They've gone down before, but yeah. Generally, over time, Mark, they've gone up. The amount paid certainly goes up. The the percentages have gone up, too. I mean, they started the they Social Security tax at a much lower level than it is, uh, than it is today. Mm-hmm. And, and it's going to go higher if they're going uh, to... save Social Security. Yeah, yeah. they're going to have to. It has to go up. Or they have to raise the, you know, so again, the, the deal changes every single year. It's not like it's been the same old deal for the past hundred years, even if that deal were okay, and it's not, but the deal has been changing as well. They continue to demand more and more. So people like Jeff, when will it become outrageous? When it's 50%, 60%, and I'm talking just the income tax, since that's what he brought up was the Ed Brown situation. What, what if it's 80%? What if it's 90%? You know, at which point will then you say, all right. Enough is enough. My line has been crossed. Do you even have a line? Have you ever thought about that before? Because it sounded to me, just based on his answers to some of our questions, it sounded to me like he hadn't even thought about a lot of those points before. And that's okay. There's a first time for everything. Well, that's one of the reasons for the show. Right. Um, right. So think about it. Well, you know, and the, the other part is it's sort, of that, it's sort of that argument that you're free as long as you're free to leave. You know, you're free as long as you're free to complain about it. <laughs> Those aren't freedoms. No, nope. so, I mean it's it's freedom. It's certainly more freedom than a lot of people have. In a, don't do it in don't do it in Cuba, but you know freedom isn't just the freedom to leave and the freedom to complain. Let's go to your phone calls. Bring up anything. Talk to Richard in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Richard. Richard, Montana, going once. Do we have Richard going twice? Let's try Rob in New Hampshire. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rob. Hello. Is this Rob? Yes, are you there? Yes, what's on your mind? Hi. Uh, well, a couple of things. I mean, it dovetails nicely um, with Jeff's um, call previously. I mean, there is no opt-in for government, you know, his <laughs> argument that it's a contract because they paid taxes for so many years. Right. It's if just... it's a contract, show me where I signed it. That's right. And the same thing with your parking ticket. There's no contract, and I salute you for trying. Uh, where they've got you over a barrel, in New Hampshire there's a uh, state law it says uh, you won't be able to register your car next year as long as you have the outstanding parking ticket. So My Mark- car's not registered in New Hampshire. Hang on, Rob. We'll bring oh. you back. Hang on. 800-259-9231. You take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. 
For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, your show. You take control. Bring up anything toll free, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, and they include the updates. Get signed up. We will keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh you need to know about the show. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. We go back to Rob in New Hampshire. Rob, you're calling in about uh, the story I was talking about earlier, how I have uh, written a letter to the Bureau of Parking here in Keene, New Hampshire, letting them know that I'd be happy to pay their little parking ticket so long as they can show me the signed contract that uh, proves I have an obligation to do so. Right. Well, it's it's a good argument on your point, and of course, uh, I think Mark pointed out they're just going to rely on the argument that we're the government and we have the guys with the guns and, and we have the boot and we're going to come and get it. Oh, I expect and that they will be relying on their brute force. And that's you know kind of the point is to show that that's all they're really about is just using force on people. And that's why I'm going to publicize whatever happens as much as possible. Well, and that's right. And, and like I was saying before the break, the... Um, you know, they can be much more subtle than that, and just uh, there's a state law that says you can't register your vehicle if you have an outstanding parking ticket, and I think you were starting to say your vehicle's not registered in New Hampshire. And That's right. It's uh, My gangster friends in Florida are taking care of that for me. But I'm not sure how long you can get away with that. Um, uh, you know, at some point, I assume you'll get a New Hampshire driver's license. Why would I bother doing that? Well, I don't know. Um, I guess you have no kids in school. I think that's one of the requirements. I'm trying to think of what all the requirements are. But again, I mean, these are all government, you know, heavy-handed tactics. Right, right. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I mean, people, when they move to a new place, they feel like they have to go and do these things. But I don't really feel that obligation. Uh, I know they want me to go and do that. But then again, that would be me signing some of their agreements that I'm not really interested in signing. Well, that's right. And this gets back to Jeff's uh, argument that, uh, you know, you're kind of, you know, by being part of the system, basically by living here, you know, you're making an implicit contract with them. And, you know, I agree with you that, I mean, there's, you should be able to opt in for some of these things, but of course you can't. I mean, yeah, I was, I was looking at something recently. Uh, the water, my water bill came, and here it's every three months. Uh, they sent a little piece of paper along with it that explained why the rates had gone up this year. And it said on the back side of the water bill, it said, uh, there was like a little question, frequently asked questions, do my tax, uh, my property taxes go to fund the water department? And the answer was no. They said 100% of all the funding for the water department comes from the customers, comes from the individual bills that they send out for everybody getting their water service. And I said to myself, you know, well, if they can do it for the water department, why can't they do it for the other uh, wonderful government services and programs that we have out there? The fact is they can. It's just that they don't. Well, and it raises a good point. Is What exactly is the purpose, the stated purpose of having parking meters? You know, what... What are you paying? Is it to pay for repaving of the roads? Is it to pay for the sidewalks? <laughs> well, to be the purpose of the, the parking meters in this town, and I don't know what every town, every town would have different reasons for doing it, but the purpose of this town is that uh, it's a very uh, b- uh, 
congested downtown area, and there's a lot of people that live downtown, and a lot of those people would choose to park their cars, the people that live downtown in these uh, buildings that have no parking, really, um, they, they, would choose, they would choose to park on the street, and they would take up a parking space that could be used by a, a person who wants to use one of the merchants on the street. So therefore, it makes it very difficult for the merchants to make money when there's a bunch of uh, people who, you know, uh, parked there that aren't using their stores. Now, it's 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 very true that the the owners of the stores have not taken responsibility not the stores, but the buildings have not taken responsibility for what it is that they're um, you know, trying to do here and these buildings are from before the times that cars were around, you know. So, well, they can't take responsibility because they can't own the parking spaces. If we were to allow the building owners to actually own the spaces that, are, that abut their buildings, then we'd have a completely different situation where each building owner could make a decision based on, you know, for instance, if I own a building with a business on the bottom and apartments on the top, I would want to know from anybody that uh, wanted to live in one of my apartments, I would have it in my agreement that, look, you are not allowed to park around this particular building, and we have parking spaces for you, but they're over here, and you may use those and if we spot your car in any of the spaces around the building then you know you will be subject to being towed and that could all be worked out via private contracts if we just let people own the parking spaces in the first place rather than leaving up to the government to make these arbitrary decisions well you know i i agree with you in a sense but that's a very hard thing i mean you you are able to you know and we'll see how far you get with this but seemingly uh, i'll just throw out the term thumb your nose at the local parking authority uh, which is centralized and which is tied into the state government and, and can at some point, if you decide to register your car here, say that you have to pay. Now, if you're a private business owner and you happen to own, you know, a 20 by 6, you know, square foot space in front of your store, you know, how are you as that business owner going to get Ian to pay for parking in front of that space when the government can't do it? How many business how many business owners actually charge for parking? Now there are the people with parking garages that do and I'm presuming parking garages many of them are I mean certainly some are owned by government some are owned by private businesses but outside of that how many business owners actually charge for parking? No, I agree but I'm getting back to the point that you raised that if you let the you know if you're talking about on-street parking and the business owners want to say you know this is my my space you know we want to control who parks there then you know there has to be some some way to enforce that as a private contract, and I think it would be very difficult. You know, on the other hand, if you say that that's public space, why does a business owner have more right to say, I have an interest in that space than the person who lives upstairs from that space and is probably paying taxes and, you know, so forth? And well, that's the, I mean, obviously part. saying it's a public space is a problem, and that's what we're trying to change, is to change it to private property and allow the marketplace to come up with those solutions. Because right now, nobody is trying to come up with those solutions. It's just this one-size-fits-all government solution. Maybe some properties, and I think it should be up to the property owner, not the business owner necessarily, because in many cases, these business owners are just leasing their properties or leasing their uh, their spaces. So it should be ultimately up to the property owner right. to decide. The landlords have abdicated their responsibility in this arena, um, in, in, you know, in the situation we're talking about. They say to the government, please handle this parking problem because we just don't know what to do. You know, our renters well, won't park where we want them to and stuff. Well, they I'm with you, to. but, you know, is the street in front of a storefront in downtown Keene, is that 
public or is that private? I mean, there's got to be some public space. It should no. Yeah. I don't think there should be public. space. I think space. the public. I, you would agree that uh, public space is is uh, wrought with all kinds of difficulties. Tragedy right? of the commons, anyone? Oh, absolutely. But you know how how do I get from my property? my neighbor's property that's a mile away if there's no public space in between here and there do i have to pay three different you know or or 500 sets of tolls no it's in the same way that you can go into you know your grocery store walk in use the bathroom and walk back out without ever having without ever having to pay a dime uh you know the same idea would would be would apply there that people that would own the roads would have an incentive to uh to allow people to travel on them some may try for the toll method but i think they would be put you know, they they would change their methods after other people went where, for advertiser support or sponsorships in some way there are different ways to pay for roads outside of tolls i believe tolls are kind of an antiquated way to pay for roads personally and again we don't have the ability to have the marketplace decide these things uh because the government owns almost all the roads but yet, whenever you find private roads, uh, for instance, Disney World is an excellent example. They are usually very well taken care of on the insides of uh, gated neighborhoods, for instance. Of course, then there's also the guy that lives at the end of a dirt road, and there's not a lot of traffic going out there, so he doesn't really have to have a beautiful road uh, to get to, to his house. So if we were to actually have private road ownership, we'd have the marketplace and all the wonderful people in search of a profit out there innovating and coming up with neat ideas as to, uh, to how to make things work better. But right now, we live in a road situation where government has dominated it for decades, and really the only fundamental change that we've seen is that they've moved from uh, from halogen lights in the bulbs to LED lights. I mean, that's really been the only significant road change that's happened the last few decades. Well, you know, you're raising a good point, and uh, uh, here's an example. There's a, uh, I think it's Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, I'm a photographer, and there, there, was a, um, there was a situation about two months ago where, uh, in fact, it led to some sort of you know, protests, you know, a bunch of photographers uh, converging on downtown Bethesda. The, the city government had given some developer uh, basically control over the downtown area. We'll find out what that's exchange. all about. Hang on, Rob. Bringing it back. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Want to support the show? Then go shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. If you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Start your shopping experience at amazon.freetalklive.com and feel good because you're getting a great deal on the brands that you trust and you're getting shipped, uh, getting them shipped in many cases for free with free Super Saver shipping. So get all those details and order some stuff in 41 different categories. Amazon.freetalklive.com. We go back to Rob in New Hampshire. Uh, you were telling us a, a story, and I wanted to make sure you had a chance to get it all out. You're a photographer. You were in, uh, where was it, Meth- uh, Bethesda, Maryland? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. But uh, this was an incident that happened uh, about two months ago, I think. It might be a bit more. Um, there was a redevelopment district in, I think it's Bethesda, I'll have to check this. Um, okay. But it, somewhere in Maryland, you know, um, and the, it was, you know, a, a rundown area. The local government had given some developer a, uh, you know, basically tax breaks and incentives, et cetera, to go down and redevelop the downtown area, build stores, you know, all the, the things you'd normally expect. And, in exchange, the um, developer was 
basically given ownership over what would look to any you know any ordinary person as private as uh, public streets. You know, it's as if someone had come into Keene and you know redeveloped everything. You know, renovated all the buildings. You know, repaved the roads, put in new sidewalks, and that person now owned downtown Keene. Hmm, okay. So um, one of the things they did was. Uh, that you know you couldn't walk around you know you or Mark or me uh, with a camera and take pictures of you know buildings flowers people you know whatever bizarre and, uh, uh, bizarre but uh, all in keeping with you know the idea that this was now privately run um, space that most people assumed was public gotcha so I I agree with you in that you know private contracts can you know take care of a lot of things but you know, there, there gets you get into areas where there sort of has to be some public space that you know everybody has rights well, to. And you know, don't forget one of the tenets of a democratic system is to protect the minority against the majority. Well, the democratic system is uh, trash. It's the uh, it essentially. It doesn't protect the minority from the majority. It's majority rule every single time, so it's just nonsense to suggest that the democratic system is well, going to behave in any differently. Well, that's one of the, you know, that's one of the, you know, theoretical, you know, pluses to, you know, to prevent a situation. <laughs> Theory's like one this. thing and reality's another. Uh, and yes. so, you know, uh, the fact is there are plenty of private places, privately run business establishments that are open to the public. I can go to 7-Eleven tonight if I want to and go and walk around and do things in 7-Eleven and then leave. They can kick me out anytime they want to, but as long as I'm not breaking any of their overt, ru- you know, any rules overtly, uh, I will be allowed to shop there and use their bathroom and uh, do my business there uh, as is necessary. So just because a place is privately run doesn't mean it's not open to the public, and I disagree that there need to be some well, pr- uh, public really, areas. That in, this, in, this is, in this instance, it's, it's about an issue of expectations. Um, the, the, everybody thought, and I, th- I think reasonably, that what we were talking about was a public area that had the rules that the public areas have, and it wasn't. Um, you know, but I think that if you were in a, a shopping mall or even a plaza that wasn't covered, it was still outside, that you might think that you had the ability to take pictures, but then when they came out and said, excuse me, sir, you're not allowed to take pictures here, no more pictures, you're going to have to leave. If they said right. that to you, you'd probably, you'd be like, okay, well, it's their property, I guess they, I can do, you know, I can go off their land and use a telephoto lens if I really want to do that. So it's about expectations. People expected that, and... There's going to be some issues of expectations. I don't think that because somebody had their expectation, their, their feelings hurt because their expectations weren't met is really a good argument for public space. Right, and plus if you look at the history of these, uh, this public property that you're, that you're advocating for, Rob, uh, you know, if you look at the, the history and you look at when you, when you have a piece of land, a plot of land, wherever it is, whether it be a beach or whatever it is that the government supposedly is taking care of so everyone can use it, everyone has a right to this land – well, we see what happens, and that is that usually it's neglected, uh, it's trashed, it's not taken care of appropriately, or there's a total crackdown on the part of the government to where, for instance, where we come from down in Florida, the beaches, you could make the argument, this is public, I should have the right to be here. Well, if that was true, then I should be able to go to the beach at midnight. 
but the beaches are closed. And if you're on the beach at, you know, midnight or 1 a.m., the cops are going to come and they're going to either kick you off or possibly even arrest you, depending on how ornery they're feeling at that particular time. So the, the, the whole concept of public property that everyone has a right to, it just doesn't even play out. It's once again the theoretical versus the reality. It doesn't work out in reality, and what you end up with is just a piece of property owned by gangsters calling themselves the government uh, that they sort of make a, uh, they pretend as though it's open to everybody, but it's not. It's only open to you if you jump through their hoops and follow their rules. And well, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, I, I actually grew up in Florida, so I, I know what you're talking about. But let's think back to, you know, if Henry Flagler had, you know, claimed all of, you know, South Florida back in the 20s and said, this is my beach, you know, then what would be the difference? Well, that the difference there is that Henry Flagler wouldn't really understand very much about homesteading. Uh, the, the fact is, when you want to claim a piece of property, there are different levels of homesteading that you can do to show that it's yours. You can't just go to the moon and sink a, you know, sink a flag down and say, hey, this is our moon. You have to well, actually... Why not? You have to, well, you have to show evidence that it's yours. You have to develop it. That's why it's called homesteading. You right. have to right. sort of... Right, but I mean, the, the people that enforce the homesteading is the government, and so that then gets back into a public... You know, a, a well, declaration no, of actually, faith. the government doesn't protect homesteading. Yeah, you can get you can get a government agency to write down that you own a particular plot of land. But back when they were doing a great deal of homesteading, it wasn't always the government that recorded these things. There are plenty of private companies that recorded homesteads. Also, it was in fact the person on that land with a shotgun that protected that land. <laughs> the government didn't protect it. Yeah, that's true. You know true. what I mean? I mean, it's just sort of well, the, that's that's right. So then we get into a situation like uh, gang control of an inner city. You know, it says you can't walk down the street because this is our gang, and, you know, if you walk through here, then, you, you know... Well, we'll you understand that gangs are, are powered by black, the black market and that kind of thing, and do you think that the it's average like 50-year-old yes. who wants to make money is going to say, you can't come on our block, we want to... We, we, this is our block. No, they want you to come to their block. Right. Gangs don't exist without prohibition, and prohibition only exists... If a government is around. Now we're getting into the world of, you know, you're essentially getting into the world of how will property work without the government around to say, this is his, this is yours, and so on and so forth. And I highly recommend an excellent book written by Morris and Linda Tannehill called The Market for Liberty. I've turned it into an audio book. You can go to book.freekeen.com to download a, a free copy of it and uh, read it or listen to it. There are different ways you can do it. There's the audio version or the PDF version, both totally free. But they talk about cool. how that the marketplace can handle this, where if people are homesteading their properties, they can have titles to their property. If a title is disputed, then that dispute can be heard out in arbitrate, you know, private arbitration courts that will uh, will look at the different claims to the property and they will make a decision as to which you know which claim is uh, is correct. Uh, so there are definitely ways that the marketplace could handle these issues, Rob. Well, cool. Uh, I'll leave you with one thought because this is a this is a complicated issue and sure. won't be solved. You know between us but you know i if you don't have sufficient property to be self self-sufficient i mean if you don't have if you can't grow your own food if you can't provide for your, yourself and your family everything you need without leaving your property then things get very complicated not uh, really 
uh, because well, most people I, live that way. In in today's world, in urban areas, most people are that way. I couldn't possibly grow my own food on the property that I own. Oh, hold on. It, 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 here, you're, you're, you're jumping to the conclusion, um, the, the sort of statist conclusion, that, in fact, if we didn't have police officers, that the world would be running, that, that, that gangs would be running amok and chaos would be everywhere. No, and, I'm not uh, jumping to that, but I'm uh, saying, you know, I live in, you know, pretty much downtown Portsmouth. Okay. And if I couldn't, you know, leave my property. Who said you can't leave your property? Yeah, what's well, making you think that somebody, would happen? Because somebody owns the property that, you know, immediately exists beyond my property. Okay, do, do you live on a street with two two ends on it? I do, but who Okay, hold on, wait, 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 wait. That, let me go on here. Now, there's people on either side of you, you that, that would have the same dilemma, right? Now, if well, you each right. owned um, your property out to the middle of the road, then you would all probably come together and say to yourselves, you know what? It'd be really great if we could get off this street. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You drive over my piece of road. I'll drive over your piece of road. We got a deal. The fact is, business owners want you to come to their places of business, so they're they're going to encourage that uh, that activity to happen. People want to travel back and forth, and so the marketplace. The Not way to the, mention that the reason we don't have flying cars is the government. Right, that's true. And the marketplace, the way it operates, Rob, and thank you for the call tonight. Great conversation. Yeah, well, the way the marketplace operates is people get what they're demanding because people in search of profit come up with innovative ways to make a buck off of giving people what they want. So if you want to get from point A to point B, guess what? Some guy's going to have a solution for you. So far, we've got solutions for every other problem people have. Yeah. Somehow the marketplace has done that. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 3 is coming up. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching in hour number three of the show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online, freetalklive.com. The place to go features there you'll find they're free. Unlike those other radio talk show hosts that want to jack you for five to seven bucks a month for their websites, we give, uh, give ours away. So enjoy at freetalklive.com though it seems like the uh, the the world of radio talk show host websites span from non-existent to expensive it shocks me mark that there are so many nationally syndicated talk show hosts that just have awful awful websites and i'm not saying ours is super great or anything it's certainly not the prettiest of websites but we've got a lot of features and we're proud that we give it all away for free but man i i've been surfing around a little bit recently and Shows that have big budgets and and big uh, big names like Fox News behind them have just some of the worst, most pathetic websites out there. John Gibson comes to mind, as a matter of fact. Okay, does he does he have a, an attractive website, but it just doesn't have any depth to it, or is it both ugly and I think it's and crap. Shallow? I think it's just crap. I don't have it in front of me right now, but just a lot of them. I mean, Michael Savage is just dreck. Well, it's been website. a while since you've went and looked at his website. He may have gotten no, something No, I've been there. Him. I've been there recently. Okay. I mean, he's the competition, Mark. Got to keep an eye on him. Not really. <laughs> I go once every two years or something just to see if he's actually made it any better, but it's not. But I guess if you're sitting pretty at the, as the king of the hill, who cares, right? 
1-800-259-9231. He's king of the evening hill. That's, that's true. That's, that's true. He is our target. We are his enemy, his our nemesis. Yes, I'm sure he stays up at night worrying about us. He should. His days are numbered. I mean, if not because we're younger than he is. <laughs> and if no other reason, we will outlive him. <laughs> That's what uh, I was actually posted. There's a radio forum out there, radio-info. Good, good website, fun forum. Uh, I was posting over there on a thread and and uh, pointed out that somebody was uh, was suggesting that free talk life shouldn't be added to radio stations because nobody wants to hear from libertarians was what he was saying. Hmm. And I came back and said, well, you know, I appreciate your viewpoint and all, but uh, we've got over 30 stations at this point and we're growing, so you just keep living in your fantasy land and we'll keep adding affiliates. And some guy came back and said, adding affiliates, if you keep doing it at the rate you're doing it, you'll have as many as, uh, you know, this uh, progressive talk guy, Ed, whatever Ed his Schultz. name is, Ed Schultz, uh, by the, in 23 years, which... I don't think is accurate, first of all, but even if it were the case, I pointed out that, hey, I'm only 27, so time's definitely on my side. <laughs> and, it, you know, another thing about affiliates is it's progressive. You know, we didn't add nearly as many in our first year as we right. did in our fifth year or third year. Third year whatever. Yeah. That's sort of our fifth, sort of our third. But um, we're talking about syndication, so it should be accurate there. We didn't add nearly as many in our first year as we did in our third. So... If we can look at it exponentially, if you really want to do math, pal, which it's pretty <laughs> clear you're somewhat misinformed on, then we're going to be in pretty sitting pretty good in about five years. Well, thanks first and foremost to our amplifiers, and we'll talk more about them here in a little while. But I want to go to Citizen X and a, a neat little essay that he wrote on his website, adventuresofcitizenx.com. He is a sponsor of the show, by the way, and uh, an excellent writer. Hell of a guy, too. Met him in person. Anyway, Citizen X writes about the hidden gun. He says Americans have been brainwashed into believing that government is a benevolent institution. Unlike our forefathers who recognized its true nature, George Washington, for instance, was famously quoted as saying government is force and like fire, it's a dangerous servant and terrible master. Many modern Americans aren't even curious as to how the government compels our compliance. Government simply is, and it is good. At least that's what most, a lot of people think. In fact, we've heard some of that echoed uh, tonight on the show, just kind of this belief that government should be there and that it's necessary and that we should be okay with it taxing us because it's providing services. Anyway, Citizen X, uh, X continues. The simple fact of the matter is that government has a monopoly on the legal initiation of violence. In other words, if you don't do as the government says, men with guns are eventually going to force you to comply. Now, if you still resist at that point, you might go to jail, you might uh, lose your property, or you may just end up dead. And, you know, I can see why people think that's good. You, generally, when you think of a scenario like that, you think of somebody who has hurt someone and who is then running amok. And, yes, that's what I want violence used for. I want violence to bring somebody who has used violence down. I want them stopped. And that, But that's not what we're talking about. The government... The government always, always, always steps beyond the role of protecting you, um, you know, from enemies foreign and domestic. Well, it is the group of people that is running amok, using violence on people on a daily basis. Criminals, what we commonly consider criminals, they usually skulk about. You know, they don't want to be necessarily too overt about their violence. They, you know, they'll use it on individuals, maybe on a dark street. Or in the middle of the night, breaking into a one home, but they're not going to go run around advertising their activities. They don't want to bring attention to themselves in that way. No, they, you know that they, they they are cowards. But whereas the government threatens every citizen every day of every year, 
So who's more violent? Right. It's it, The deal with the government is, hey, we're going to provide you with protection services, but if you don't want to pay for them, then we're going to throw you in a jail cell, which, of course, is contradictory to the claim that we're going to be protecting you in the first place. And that, of course, is one of the, the paradoxes of government, the idea that you are forced to pay for services that are supposed to be protecting you but aren't actually protecting you. And actually, they have no obligation to protect you, as the Supreme Court has ruled over and over again. And if you don't pay for those services, then you'll very quickly find out that these people aren't protecting you at all. And in fact, they are threatening you and putting you in danger. It's just a mess. Anyway, he continues. It's a simple, brutally efficient operation that one uh, that, and one that too few Americans now recognize. The establishment has done a masterful job of camouflaging the nature of government by ascribing it near omnipotent powers. Indeed, worshiping the state is now a form of religion in the United States. Imbued with enough power, there's nothing the state cannot accomplish. Leaving aside the argument about the efficiency of government, let us consider the method by which government achieves its objectives, force and violence. Ironically, those who say they oppose guns the most, liberals and socialists, are often the ones who cheer on the government's use of guns the loudest. As though the government is somehow omnipotent. But those liberals know, they know painfully well that uh, people besides themselves often get in power. You know, take for an example our president now. Mm. The liberals howl at uh, his use of violence, but it's still okay. Perhaps, however, they have an excuse. Maybe they've never considered what government really is. A recent conversation I had with a Hillary Clinton supporter illustrates this. And I love these kinds of examples because they really are just people are just totally in the dark as to the nature of government. When I asked why I should vote for Hillary, the young woman responded that Hillary's for health care and education. Well, that's very admirable, I responded, and so am I. I just don't believe that I should be forced to take care of you or your children, nor should you be forced to take me, uh, take care of me and my children. She corrected me and said that no one's forcing me to do anything. Oh, yes, you are, I said, because if I choose not to participate in your program, whether it be health care or education or whatever, men with guns are going to force me to do so. At this point, the young woman threw her hands up in a warding-off gesture and said, Whoa! Who said anything about guns? And therein lies the problem. Never before in her life had anyone pointed out to this woman that all government programs rely on coercion, intimidation, and violence. Everything the government does is backed by the implicit threat of lethal force. No matter how noble the end might seem, if the means are immoral, the end cannot be justified. In fact, throughout history, tyrants and despots have used the excuse of the ends justifying the means of promising utopia to make Earth a living hell for their subjects. Hitler, Mao, Pol Pot, and Stalin all tried to make their perverted visions of a perfect world reality. In the process, millions were killed, scarring mankind for generations. The political debate in America today is who should control the guns and for what purposes the guns should be used. This debate leads to division and resentment. It's time Americans recognize government for what it is. And it's time we start putting the guns away. And that's why I've taken to, to uh, when I'm talking, for instance, on other talk shows, when I'll call the local talk station here in Keene, I've taken to accusing the government people of acting childish, of acting like bullies. And I, I implore them to start acting like adults. Start interacting with other people on a voluntary basis. Do as most of us do. 
in our business lives, in our day-to-day family lives. If the services that they're offering are so great, why do they have to threaten people to get them, uh, you know, their services, right? Mm -hmm. Why do they have to threaten everybody in order to get them to uh, play along? Walmart gets me to walk. I mean, if schools are so great, if these roads are so great, if everything's so great, why do you have to threaten people from, you know, to take their houses, their their families away from them, everything that they hold dear? One of the most important questions you can ask. More on the way. You take control. Free Talk Live. via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The features for free, so enjoy those. And they include, by the way, the live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both free for you, at freetalklive.com. You can lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet. Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com. Read some real testimonials. Find out how to order this cleanse. FTLdiscount.com. All right, so we're going to go to the email box here in a moment. You've got a, a sad slash outrageous story about a brother and sister that they just don't get along. Well, yeah, kind of a sick way. No one's going to be able to argue that this isn't outrageous. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. But first, your phone calls. Jeremy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, Jeremy. Montana. Going once. Going twice? Well, let's go to the email box, Mark. All right. What do you have for us tonight? And then we'll tell you about the virtual fence. You've heard about the virtual fence, the uh, southern border 28-mile pilot project that the federal government had been putting together. We'll let you know what happened with that. Um, this is coming from a, a young man, and um, he, signs, he signs it Naresh, so I'm going to uh, use that name. Naresh, okay. Yep. Hey, Ian and Mark. I started listening to the show about three weeks ago, and I haven't missed one yet. I love the commentary, and your show has really opened my eyes. Background information. I'm 17 years old and dropped out of public school to move on with my life. Good for you. No regrets there at all. The reason I'm emailing you is to tell you about something that's affected me in a huge way this past month or so. Hmm. By the way, I think if you're going to uh, drop out of public school, perhaps a GED or something like that, that way you can say you have a diploma. Yeah, but didn't you say you should just lie on the uh, job applications? Yeah, you don't need it. No one's going to check. No, you don't need it. Yeah. You really don't need it. Um, anyway, let me go on with the story. My dad left my mom earlier this year. I took my dad's side somewhat because I knew some of the uh, extenuating circumstances that my younger siblings did not know anything of. All of my siblings took it very hard and hated my dad for it. There, Wait, I'm sorry. Did mom leave dad? I missed that point. Dad left mom. Dad left mom. Okay, yeah. gotcha. There are also some negative feelings from uh, them towards me. Because he took the side of dad. Right. Right. Two weeks after my dad moved out, my 11-year-old sister went to a therapist. She made some allegations of molestation against my dad and myself. Whoa. Yeah. Now, while I can't say for sure that my dad didn't do anything, I mean, you know, it, was, uh, it happened seven years ago. Um, She's 11? Yeah. You're doing the math here? She was four. Okay. I mean, yeah, I guess you can remember things from back then. You can. I mean, I can remember a few minor, minor things, but... You know, well, you could probably remember more at age 11 than you can at 37, Mark. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, maybe not much more. Okay. Anyway, let's let's go on. Um, she let's see. I can't say that I uh, I can say that I did absolutely nothing. Mm. Furthermore, uh, when asked when such events occurred, she stated that it happened seven years ago, which would have made me ten. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I wasn't even sexualized at that age. Right. Here's here's where girls it gets, were kind of icky. It, Back it, then. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, four-year-old, ten, does this make any sense? I mean, how many four- and ten-year-old brothers and sisters manage to, you know, live in houses without any problems? I don't know. It's, it, it seems all very, it seems very odd and suspicious, especially mm-hmm. you've read a lot of those stories about uh, therapists, you know, finding things out that, you know, never happened. Sure. Well, kids are have great imaginations, you know. Yeah. Human services uh, gave my mother a month to get me out of the house. Now, that's not an easy task either, I might add. Most apartment complexes won't even rent to 17-year-olds. Um, you we, can't just go out and live with Dad? I don't know. They, he never mentions Dad in, okay. in this scenario. He's I don't gone. know. I gotcha. Don't, yeah, I don't know what the scenario is there. Wow. Um, what One question I would ask is, uh, you know, um, what about the, the, the 17-year-old girl? There the eleven. Excuse me, the eleven-year-old girl. Why, you know, why does it have to be him out of the house? I guess that he's a danger to his other siblings. I don't know. This is just an allegation, an accusation. Yeah, at this it's point. just an allegation. We asked for assistance in helping me find a place to live, as they were kicking me out and not helping at all, and they declined. They meaning the government. People. Yeah, the government people said he needs to be out of the house, and then didn't give any, um, you know, kind of help at all. Yeah. I think that to some extent you're talking about illegality. Uh, you know, a child living on its own, unemancipated at 17 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, but they're the government. They can do whatever they want. Oh, yeah. yeah. I ended up renting a room in a townhouse um, off of uh, Craig's, <laughs> off an ad in Craigslist. Human Services is still going after my father, despite him passing a polygraph, and they oh, want to force me on a sexual offenders list. Oh, no. Which I will fight to the death. Anyway, I just wanted to share and see if you have any advice at all. Well, Jeez. my advice, Naresh, is if you didn't do it, and at this, at, 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 by the way, at a 10-year-old, assuming that even the story was true, I don't think a 10-year-old boy should be charged for something like this. It, 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 that, that's something for the family to figure out. Absolutely. I mean, there's no way that, uh, yeah, you're right. Even if he did, uh, for some reason, inappropriately touch his sister in some way, and, and we don't know what the exact allegations are as far as molestation. That could mean it's different vague. things. Uh, but, you know, presuming he uh, touched her in some inappropriate way, you're absolutely right, Mark. If if people were to come across, if a pa- parent is to come across that information, that's something where you just deal with it and you talk to your kids and somehow punish them in the home to think that putting a kid in the hands of the state is going to make that situation better in any way? Because that's all the state has at its disposal is it takes the kid and puts it into a home or into a jail cell and uh, puts it into its, its state-run facility and claims that, all right, problem solved. Now you can go to counseling. You know, uh, it's just so sad. My advice um, to Naresh would be, uh, look, stick to your guns. Do not admit to anything with these people. Do not sign any pieces of paper with these Mm. people. Tell them that they are your enemy. They do not want to help you. They want to hurt you. They've already destroyed your family, and you will not in any way speak to them. And tell your parents that that's, you know, tell your mother, that's what these people have done to me. They have harmed me. Tell your sister that is what has happened to me. You have you you have caused the state to aggress against me. And who's paying for the rent? Is it is his mom paying? I assume she has to be. Because at seventeen, 
you're not making a lot. If you're working, you're not making a lot. And certainly not enough to go and rent a townhouse by yourself. You, at that age, if you're going to go out on your own, you've got to have roommates. You know? And it doesn't sound, at least, you know, going on what he wrote here, and if, if Naresh wants to call in to tell us more about this situation, and, and I hope he at least emails or if, if not calls in again to give us an update and let us know what exactly is, is going on here so we can be brought up to speed. But uh, But this is putting it, if mom is paying for this, then mom's being in a more uh, in, in now in a more precarious financial position than ever before. Yeah. And it was bad enough to have dad leave, and I'm sure he took some some income with him. That's bad enough. That's going to change your uh, the, the way you live life. That's going to change your budget. Mm-hmm. And now you've got to have your 17 year old out of the house, and you're supporting him. So now this 11 year old girl, by making these allegations, maybe she thought she was helping mommy. I don't know. Maybe she really was touched. I don't know. <laughs> but it's not helping her mom, I can tell you that. The story is tenuous at best. I mean, you're, you're talking about a, uh, her remembering, an 11-year-old remembering seven years ago something that happened. Right. I mean, doesn't it seem odd that it happened seven years ago, didn't happen the entire time the dad was with her in those seven years and the brother was with her in those seven years? Isn't that weird? Yeah, it wouldn't seem to me that, you know, j- just judging from the stories we've read on the show, and we had a pedophile on the show for like an hour, we interviewed him one time, Judging based on what those people have done and said, you know, those desires for those people don't just go away. You don't just touch your daughter once and then stop. Or I wouldn't think most of them would. More on the way. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live is your show if you take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And those features include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just go and download it for free. Right there on the front page of the website, there's no logging in. There's no membership fee. You just click and get them. They're on us. Freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phone calls. Jeremy is on the line. I believe it is a working line this time. Jeremy, in Montana. Hey, yes, sir. Um, nice to talk to you guys again, even though I'm not hearing you on the edge here. Uh, what? We're not on the well, edge right now? Well, John had a court date today, and I don't know if the programming is kind of messed up. but Oh, no. Um, I've been listening to y'all on my phone for, you know, the last, uh, several minutes, and um, it's a shame for those kids, you know, because um, I was kidnapped and abducted when I was six years old. By whom? Well, by a stranger in Reno, Nevada, and for what I understand, he ended up getting 19 years for it, and then... Wow. I, I don't know, my mom ended up uh, not wanting to have that much to do with me after that. What? And so I up in a lot of state homes and mm, wow how did that how did that how scary was that at six years old to be kidnapped how did it happen well it's pretty it it's really really scary and it takes a lifetime to get over with i mean you you never really forget it until you're I can tell you, I've had some, you know, some uh, pretty traumatic experiences in my life, and uh, you know, you you just can't forget them. They come back at you. Yeah, and then and then uh, the the only way that um, I mean, that 
I feel some of the sickos get vengeance out of that is uh, by uh, re- redoing it again. Yeah, some people do, some people very you know it's, it's it's absolutely true that some people do it because it was done to them. Well, that's why I was surprised uh, when you, or uh, that's not why I was surprised, but that's why um, I'm shocked at these allegations that were made in the email. And Jeremy, thank you for the call tonight and your input. Uh, shocked at the allegations in the email suggesting that this father. Uh, in case you're just tuning in, uh, we had a 17-year-old email to say that his 11-year-old sister has alleged that he molested her and his dad molested her when she was four years old. And uh, well, he, they, of course, claims he he absolutely didn't. Now, the statistics don't matter when it's you who's on the other side of statistics. But I would like to say that fathers, uh, gen, uh, you know, actual genetic blood fathers, are not likely to statistically molest. the least likely of, uh, you know, the the top ones. It's to usually an molest. uncle or a stepdaddy or something right, like that. Right, stepdads pretty pretty high on the list. Uh, mothers are higher than fathers simply because they're really yeah, mothers are. Well, wow. when you think about it, fathers are more likely to be gone, right? To not I guess. be there. Okay, yeah. So therefore, even if mothers and fathers were equally likely to uh, molest their own children, hmm. fathers would be less likely simply be, by being absent. It just didn't seem uh, seem likely that this guy, if he was, you know, a perv, uh, would have just engaged in this behavior at that one time when she was four, and then never again. That just doesn't seem likely based on, you know, the experiences and, and that we've seems, had here. And, and what, what seems wrong in this um, circumstance is that the uh, the young man, Rash, has been uh, kicked out of his house. I, I didn't hear anything about a trial. I didn't hear anything about, uh, you know, anything like that. And, right. and if he's accused, he deserves a trial. Yeah, what would happen if he didn't leave the house? Would they then arrest the mother? I mean... Mom was taking care of him and the well, other kids. No, they are the child protective services. What would they do? They'd take the, all the take kids all away, the kids. and they'd, they'd put them in foster homes. They can do whatever they want. There is no, um, ju- you know, there's no legal system when it comes to this you uh, organization. Talk, you want to talk about an increased likelihood of getting your kid molested? Put them right. in a foster home. Put them under the care of some government. Put them in some state orphanage. Yeah. Put them under the care of somebody who's getting a paycheck every single month to take care of your kid. Now, I know some poster homes are oh, safe I, and good places. Absolutely. I would say most of them um, are. I, I don't know. I don't know how many they are, but I know that the, you know, the fact that you're paying people to take care of these kids also encourages the deadbeats to come along and to just do the right. bare, bare minimum the in order to that, collect the check. They don't even want to go to work, you know, those yeah. kind of the, uh, people. They, they just hang around the house, take yeah, they care of a smoke, few foster kids. They want to snort up their paycheck, basically, those kind of people. Whatever. I don't know. Or maybe they just have a thing for kids. Man, there's been some awful, horrific foster home stories Mm. over the years. Mm. And I'm sorry. Putting kids in those things is a dangerous situation because the government doesn't care. There may be some social workers that do. There might be. I'm sure there are. Your wife, I'm sure, was one of them, Mark, when she worked for the government. She didn't really deal with kids, but... My point was, she cared about what she did. But there are a lot of them that don't. That they're just collecting a paycheck. And it's not, you know, they're not interested in checking up on these homes that the kids are in. And so it goes completely unwatched. And we've, I mean, everything from locking kids in closets to starving them to sexual molestation and worse. Yeah. All coming out of foster homes. So please. Any terrible story you can come up with. Leave the kids. I'd rather have kids in the hands of a, you know, a coke addicted mother than uh, somebody who is, a, you know, in a bad foster home environment. It's not, you know, it's not an easy choice, but I'd rather them stay with their original. Right, at least their mother is you know, genetically less likely, you know, they, they, they just, they're, they have an evolutionary imperative to take care of their own children. 
1-800-259-9231. All right, so I said we'd talk about the virtual fence, and you mentioned a while back on the show, Mark, that government just fails. It just it just can't seem to get things right. Yeah, if you throw enough money, if you give government enough money and you tell them that you know, they, they do something, they, they plan to do something with it, like build a school or a jail, okay, inevitably they're going to hire somebody and they're going get to the, get the job done. But even then they still fail because they paid more than they should have paid. In this case, they just failed. Uh, the Bush administration has scaled back plans, this according to the Washington Post, to quickly build a virtual fence along the U.S.-Mexican border, delaying completion of the first phase of the project by at least three years and shifting away from a network of tower-mounted sensors and surveillance gear, said federal officials yesterday. Technical problems discovered in a 28-mile pilot project south of Tucson prompted the change in the plans, said the Department of Homeland Security bureaucrats. Uh, the Though the department took over that initial stretch Friday from Boeing, authorities confirmed that Project 28, the initial de- uh, deployment of the Secure Border Initiative Network, did not work as planned, nor did it meet the needs of the U.S. Border Patrol. So they've delayed completion of the first phase of the project by at least three years due to these uh, these initial failures. They haven't even finished phase one. The announcement marked a major setback for what President Bush in May 2006 called, I love this, the most technologically advanced border security initiative in American history. They try to make it sound all spiffy. Yeah. But nothing resulted from it. Right. Just because it's the most technologically advanced uh, border security system in, in human history doesn't and it doesn't work, it doesn't make it... You know, <laughs> doesn't well, make his uh, statement inaccurate. Doesn't well, right? I think his statement is actually very accurate. Look at the way it's phrased. And it's funny when you look at uh, bureaucrat speak, because it's usually usually very conciliatory. It covers up what's really going on, but in many ways also admits it out in the open. The most technologically advanced border security initiative in American history. So if it's an initiative, initiate, initiate. Mm-hmm. It's been started. We're starting. This is the most technologically advanced startup of a border security thing we've ever done. Well, whoop-de-flippin'-do. Anyway, the virtual fence was to be a key component of his proposed overhaul of U.S. immigration policies, which died last year in the Senate. Investigators for the Government Accountability Office had earlier warned that the effort was beset by both expected and unplanned difficulties, but yesterday they disclosed new troubles that will require a redesign and said the first phase will not be completed until the end of the next president's first term. Those problems included Boeing's use of inappropriate commercial software designed for use by police dispatchers to integrate data related to illicit border crossings. They've already been paid $20 million for the pilot project. And in December, the Department of Homeland Security gave the firm another $65 million to replace the software with military-style battle management software. So Boeing's already ahead by uh, $85 million for this failed project. Mm. But that's okay, because now they're going to redesign it. Now, what do you think it's going to cost to redesign the project? It isn't going to be cheap. One thing's for sure, you can count. You can count on it. Whenever government's proposing to do something, whether it's your federal, local, or state governments, count on that it's not going to happen on time, nor will it happen on budget. Count on it. The only question is, how many multiples of the original budget will it cost? Yeah. 800-259-9231. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control even in these remaining moments. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. It's 800-259-9231. 
You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Become an amplifier if you want to help the show. Get on more radio stations around the country. Then go to amp.freetalklive.com to help us reach out. Uh, for as little as 3 bucks a month, that's all it takes. You'll get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. The details are there for you at amp.freetalklive.com. The amplifiers are making a difference, and that's helping reach out, uh, get the message of freedom and liberty to more people around the country. It's a good thing. Amp.freetalklive.com. President Hillary Clinton, the North American Union, unconstitutional gun and drug laws, a national ID card. What's your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? The Free State Project knows that one size does not fit all. Participants choose which event will trigger their move to New Hampshire to join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. So back to the story here. Uh, it's a great example of government inefficiency, government uh, going over its original stated costs, government extend, extending its deadlines. This mm-hmm. is so typical. And, uh, you know, of, of uh, contractors bilking the hell out of the American people. Yeah, I love this. I mean, it's just so typical of everything that is government. The stories from the Washington Post, it's about this virtual fence uh, that they've been trying to construct. Turns out that it's been an abject failure, and they're admitting as much. But that's okay. Because whenever failure happens with the government, unlike in the rest of the real world, where if you fail, you usually get rebuked by your boss, maybe you'll get uh, demoted, possibly fired, Uh, certainly what happens in the real world isn't what happens when government fails. And when government fails, it just funds itself more. Yeah. When government fails, the bureaucrats come in and they say, well, uh, we tried it this way, but, uh, you know, it would really help if we had twice the budget. Then we could make sure it really works. In this case, uh, Boeing has actually managed to increase their amount of payment from $20 million for the pilot project, which they'd spent, uh, they apparently, the, the pro- one, of the pro- one of the problems included Boeing's use of inappropriate commercial software designed for use by police dispatchers, uh, they've been paid $20 million for the pilot project, and then in December, the Department of Homeland Security gave Boeing another $65 million to replace the software, that the, the wrong, incorrect software, How awesome with military is that? software. You F up, and then you get more money. Right. You get three times as much extra. Yep. You know, Boeing, Boeing might as well be a government agency. It, 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 as far as I know, well, they're connected. Uh, yeah, well connected. So much of their money comes from the government, and they're used to this kind of failure after failure, and then getting more money and more money. Right. So it's not, you know, it's not the government saying, "Oh, Boeing, you messed up." All right. Well, since you violated the contract, that'll be uh, either make it good, or you can give us our twenty million dollars back, which is how it would be in the real world. You violate the contract, you've got an actionable case. But no, because Boeing's buddy buddy with the government. You know how it is. It's the politicians rewarding their friends. Yes. Yeah. How many of them were on the board of Boeing, you know? And instead, now it's, well, you guys did make a mistake, and uh, that's okay. We understand. We make them all the time. So we'll just give you another $65 million taxpayer dollars. I mean, it's not our money or anything, so who cares, right? right? Here, $65 million. Now put in some new software. In an interview, Gregory Giddens, the department's executive director for the border effort, confirmed that we have delayed our deployment as we work through the issues on Project 28. <laughs> While there is a clear urgency of the mission, we also want to make sure we do this right. Now, remember, earlier in the article, it says that the first phase of this little virtual fence project they're doing will not be completed until the next president's 
the end of the next president's first term. So, well, 2011. Now, try to imagine if if you really wanted to build a fence from here to Me- you know from Mexico to to Texas, you know, if a company was doing that, if a company of any size was doing California that, to Texas, but yes, go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. From you know wherever, uh, call it what, 1,500 miles or so. Right. If a, if a company of any size wanted to build a, a fence of 1,500 miles, that baby would be up, and there would be something functional in a year. No doubt about it. And I'm, I'm actually happy, I mean, because I support freedom, okay? I want people to be able to cross borders freely. So this is fine with me that they're taking I'm not. I don't want it to sound like I'm criticizing the government. I'm just pointing out that this is how government works, or doesn't work, whatever you want to call it. But it gets better, Mark. Oh, I'm sure. Boeing has said that the oh, Boeing has said that the initial effort, while flawed, has still helped Homeland Security apprehend 2,000 illegal immigrants since September. Now, I don't know what their normal pull-in if they didn't have this Boeing software that they were working with. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, how many immigrants they would normally pull in, but saying that it has helped them apprehend them is really kind of vague. Yeah, it's kind of vague. Oh, but uh, it's been good. Don't right. worry. They it, don't it, have may, to... it may sound like an abject failure, but it's not. No, no, we haven't screwed up. It estimated that in 2006 it would spend $7.6 billion through 2011 to secure the entire 2,000-mile southern border, an ambition that was meant to win support from conservatives for legislation creating a guest worker program and a path for 12 million illegal immigrants. But officials said yesterday they now expect to complete the first phase of the virtual fences deployment roughly 100 miles near Tucson. 100 uh, miles. By the end of 2011 instead of by the end of 2008. Now, that target falls... <laughs> outside of Boeing's initial contract, which will end in September of 2009, but can be extended. And I bet it will be. Yeah, what a surprise. The virtual fence was to complement a physical fence the administration now says will include 370 miles of pedestrian fencing and 370 or 300 miles of vehicle barriers to be completed by the end of this year. Now, the GAO said this portion of the project may also be delayed, and this is beautiful. Its total cost cannot be determined. Of course it can't. Government's doing it. (laughs) At least they're being honest. Right. In this case, they're not even bothering with a number. Screw it. Who cares? We're just going to get whatever we want for it anyway. Yeah, and I love how they're just putting up 100 miles of fence. (laughs) <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, it's not like it's going to do anything. A hundred miles of fence, there's 1,500 right. miles out there. They're going to drive around it, people. Even if you're in the center, it's only a 50-mile trek to one end. The president's 2009 budget doesn't propose funds to add fencing beyond the 700 or so miles meant to be completed this year. The total cost is not yet known. You so. know, they could put it in the water, at which point it's a short boat ride around it. They, <laughs> The GAO's director of Homeland Security Issues said that the total cost is not yet known, and it's because DHS officials do not yet know the type of terrain where the fencing is to be constructed, the materials to be used. They don't even whoa, whoa, know. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Listen to all the things they don't know. They do not yet know the type of terrain where the fencing to be, is to be constructed. They don't know the materials to be used or the cost to acquire the land. And these are the people that we're allowing to uh, take care of this project? They don't even know where they're going to put it? Any of the features? The pilot virtual fence included nine mobile towers, radar, cameras, and vehicles retrofitted with laptops and satellite phones or handheld devices. They were to be linked to a, re- a near real-time map-like is, projection the This frontier. is technology? Laptops and cell phones? <laughs> you know, I mean, we're talking about the government here. I was expecting Knight Rider. <laughs> The agents could then use this super-secret system to track targets and direct law enforcement resources. 
GAO investigators said Boeing software could not process large amounts of sensor data. The resulting delays made it hard for operators in a Tucson command center 65 miles to the north to lock cameras on targets. Radar systems were also triggered inadvertently by rain and other environmental <laughs> factors. <laughs> you know that that used to happen at the uh, the, the prison uh, that I was in. Is that you know you, you basically when it rained hard enough, they brought all the convicts in because the, the fence would go off. <laughs> Cameras had trouble resolving images at five kilometers when they were expected to work at twice that distance, said Stana. He added the system was developed with minimal input from Border Patrol agents. See, that's the problem. It's because yeah. there weren't enough government bureaucrats on the the project. Resulting in an un- at the very least, you would expect that the guys with the boots on the ground would probably have the best advice, wouldn't you? I guess. And of course, they didn't talk to them. Resulting in an unworkable demonstration project instead of an operating pilot system, he blamed the Department of Homeland Security for acting too hastily in trying to deliver a working pilot by last June. Whoa, whoa, you guys are moving too fast here. We got donuts to eat. Uh, the effort produced, uh, blah, blah, blah. A non-governmental source familiar with the project said that the Bush administration's push to speed the project during last year's immigration debate led Boeing to deploy equipment without enough testing or consultation. With more time, the source said, equipment and software will be tested more carefully and integrated with input from Border Patrol agents in three remote locations. Doing it this way mitigates all kinds of risks, said the source, who was not authorized to speak publicly. <laughs> the Homeland Security Secretary, Michael Chertoff, said the department will take elements of the pilot project and then apply them elsewhere, but that it plans to expand the number of mobile ground surveillance units from a handful to 40 and to double its fleet of three unmanned aerial vehicles. See, they're still doing stuff, guys. Those of you out there that are all scared about immigrants coming here to work hard, Don't worry, the government's working diligently to try to keep people out of this country. Well, as diligently as they can work, which is pretty damned ineffective. Thank goodness they're so ineffective and incompetent. Otherwise, this police state that we're in right now would be much worse. So there you have it. (laughs) Who can argue with that? There you go. They fail and fail again. And you want to keep paying for this? Really? It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us tomorrow night. For the live Saturday edition, and you can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.